You're listening to the Go Ministries International Podcast, where you're going to hear the truth of the Word of God, wild, relevant, and powerful for your journey in today's world. Let's just talk about this issue of alcohol for just a moment. I personally know that there's a large portion of the church that believes that drinking alcohol is wrong. And uh, even on a natural level, it's a smart thing to do. Why? Because if you have to drink something responsibly, it means that there's potential for danger. It means be careful how much you consume of that thing. It is destructive, and it has major destructive potential. But according to the word, what I see, it says do not get drunk with it. Now, if you're wondering what GOES standard is, we have a no drinking policy. You know this. We went over this a couple days ago. That is what we believe in, and I will explain that here in a few verses. But when it comes to drinking, how do you explain to someone that drinking is entirely wrong when Jesus, when Jesus turned water into wine as his first miracle? Now, there might be some natural concepts there. Did it get people drunk? I don't know. These, were pro- these scriptures were not written too far apart from one another. We think, oh, well, it hadn't given that potency to make someone drunk yet. Really, between Jesus living on the earth and then when Paul was writing these words, did enough time go by to change the chemistry of what alcohol can do or not do? Doubtful. How could that change over a matter of, I don't know, a couple decades, a few decades? Again, man wasn't living that long back then. But here's the point. Yes, the Bible says don't get drunk because it's completely destructive. But look at what he's saying. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to everyone. What does that mean? He is a servant to everyone. Some people think it's not okay. Some people think it is okay. What does he choose? He chooses, well, you can phrase it two different ways, the lower road. The lower road of servanthood instead of clinging to what he may be able to do or not do. Okay, verse 23, I do all this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings along with you. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Skip down to verse 27. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached the gospel, whether, whether that's with words or whether that's with actions, I myself will not somehow be disqualified or unfit for service. Now listen to this. In verse 14 of chapter 10. Therefore, my beloved, run and keep far away from any sort of idolatry. You want to know what the problem with dabbling in sin is? It easily and quickly takes a higher priority than God. It easily and quickly gets our attention more. And it gets more of our attention. What is more deserving of our attention? These type of idols? What is an idol? Anything that takes a higher priority than God. So to me, that is why you don't. All of a sudden, that thing becomes your passion. That things become your focus. And then what happens? We've let go of our first love. And our true passion. Okay, let's keep reading. Run and keep far, far away from any sort of idolatry. And that includes loving anything more than God. And participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the soul. So think about it. Stay away from anything that, it didn't say that is sin. Are you catching this here? Again, we're talking about two things right now. The core of Christianity and permissible versus the profitable. It says stay far, far away from anything that could what? 
lead you to sin. One of the mandates given to us in the New Testament that we've already gone over is let no foul or polluting language come out of your mouth. If we're listening to secular music and there's a lot of swearing in it, say it's explicit, and all of a sudden now we have all those words rolling around in our head, and now all of a sudden those words are starting to slip out of our mouth, the Bible says do not do those things. So stay far away from those things that would lead us to possibly want to do those things. This is why we do what we do. We're living a life above reproach, which means we want to be blameless in all that we do. Is this something that you ever just arrive at and achieve perfection? No, but it it is our goal. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, he said, the only fatal mistake is to settle for anything less than perfection. He didn't say you have to obtain it. He just said, never settle. I don't think we'll obtain it until we get up there. But he said, don't settle. In your year here, in your life of Christianity, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't settle. Don't think, I've accomplished this much. Okay, that was good enough. Now I'm going to relax. No. Stay in constant pursuit. Perpetual pursuit. Why? Because that, can I just tell you what that will do? It will keep sin so far away from you. Sinning in this life doesn't necessarily keep you out of heaven. I mean, it depends on really what's happening, and I just believe that God is just in all that he's doing. But sin trips us up here. It causes our soul to struggle. That's why we just want to keep it out of play, right? Keep it out of play. Okay, let's keep reading. Stay far, far away in participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the soul. Verse 23 in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, All things are lawful, that is, morally legitimate and permissible, but not all things are beneficial or advantageous. All things are lawful, but not all things are constructive to character. That is why you're here, is to build character. Ask yourself, is what I'm doing constructive to character? Okay, let me read this out of the Passion Translation real quick. Verse 23 in chapter 10. It says this. This title in the Passion Translation is labeled, Living for God's Glory. You say, under grace, there are no rules, and we are free to do anything we please. I can't tell you how much of a common phrase this is in our generation. It's like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what's right or wrong. I'm just going to go according to my personal conviction. The problem is, is people have mislabeled their personal conviction for their personal gratification. And they use that personal conviction to hide and mask and hide under the covering of, no, I'd just rather live according to my personal gratification. You can't tell me what to do. No, but God should be able to. And if we're unwilling to listen to man, then God can only be used so much in your life. Why? Because God has chosen to use man. Don't think, oh, no, that's just not my personal conviction. Okay, number one, here's the problem with personal conviction. Our personal convictions are usually driven by self. Oh, no, I know what's right for me. What about the other guy? What about the other person? Is what I'm doing helping them? Is it beneficial towards them? Is it promoting them to Christ? Because if it's not, then why are we choosing to do it? You're going to find out real quick how selfish we really are. We are so selfish. It is a part 
of our natural nature. And we have to let the Spirit of God breathe into us a new nature. Which means what? We have to learn a life of yielding. What does that mean? Even though my flesh wants this, I will say, no, I'm going to yield to the Spirit of God because he knows better and he wants what's better for me and for others. This is a big life, and some of you may feel a little bit overwhelmed or intimidated by it right now. You don't have to have this right now. And don't believe the lie that you have to exemplify this right now to be in this ministry or stay on the journey that you're on. No, you don't. This is our goal. This is our pursuit. This is our value system. This is what we're running after, not what we've already obtained. Why run after something if you've already obtained it? This is what we run after. Okay, let's keep reading. You say, under grace, there are no rules and we're free to do anything we please. Paul says in response to that, not exactly. Because not everything promotes growth in others. And in reality, not everything promotes growth in ourselves. Your slogan of, we're allowed to do anything we choose, may be true. But not everything causes the spiritual advancement of others. Come on, somebody. So don't always seek what is best for you at the expense of another. Yes, you are free to eat anything without worrying about your conscience, but for the earth and all of its abundance belongs to the Lord. And he goes on and on and on. Let, let me go back to the uh, Amplified now. Okay, this is where Paul kind of sums up this section and this subject. Uh, in verse 10, let's start in verse 28 now for the, for the Amplified. But if anyone says to you, this meat has been offered in sacrifice to an idol, do not eat it out of consideration for the one who told you and for, the, and for their conscience and for conscience's sake. And by conscience, I mean for the sake of another man's, not yours. For why is my freedom of choice judged by another man's ethics or, an, or another man's sense of right or wrong? Verse 31 says this. So then, whether you eat or drink, now listen to this, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Verse 33 says this, just as I please everyone in all things, as much as possible, adapting myself to the interests of others, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, so that they will be open to the message of salvation and may be saved. And Paul ends this section, even though it's a new chapter. He says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. This is a huge deal. Part of the core of Christianity is living in the profitable, not the permissible. Some people aren't ready for this. Some people don't want this. But I know that from this moment forward, you have heard this. And you'll never be able to run away from it and say, I didn't know that I didn't know. Now we know, and this is a huge part of what God has called us and asked us to do, is not to live for our own gain or our own greed, but to say, God, what is pleasing to you? Okay, um, go ahead and turn your Bibles. To Romans chapter 14.
this is going to help us kind of wrap up this section because sometimes when we endeavor to do these things, we get an elevated sense of value or worth. And sometimes when that happens, we end up devaluing others, thinking, oh, well, they're not doing this, and I know a better way. I know a higher way. If it lifts you up, you're operating in just knowledge, not love. That's what we learn, right, in 1 Corinthians, is that knowledge just puffs up, just makes us feel better, makes us think that we're better. Knowledge doesn't actually help you. It's knowledge that's empowered by love. Because really, there is no knowledge apart from love. It's worthless knowledge. Okay, so for, uh, Romans chapter 14 says, Now as for the one whose faith is weak, accept him into your fellowship, but not for the purpose of quarreling over his opinions. Okay, here's a concept in and of itself. We should not be quarreling about if this is right, if that's wrong. We're here to serve, right? So don't quarrel over those things because it's just opinions. One man's faith permits him to eat everything, while the weak believer eats only vegetables to avoid eating ritually unclean meat or something previously considered unclean. In verse 3 it says, The one who eats everything is not to look down on the one who does not eat. Here's an example. You need to learn this this year. So we have a rule of no R-rated movies. You can't get into a mode where you start looking down upon other people who do watch R-rated movies. Also, at the same time, you don't want to become envious or jealous of someone else who does watch R-rated movies. You can only do what's right by you and what God has taught you to do. Live in the light that you've been given. Don't expect other people to live in that light. Let God reveal that to them. And we don't have to preach about it either. We don't have to puff ourselves up like, oh, well, I don't do that. Or, nope, I'm not going to do that. You just live your life quietly and humbly. And I believe someone will see a difference and be like, there's something different about you. You seem to have a rich relationship with God. My relationship with God is not that great. I really want that. How did you get that? There's an open door. There's an invitation. Number one, our rich relationships with God are not merely because of what, he, or what we have done, but because of what he has done and his development in us. Salvation, can I just tell you? Salvation is just the start. Salvation is just the start. And some of us, we've gotten on that road and we've just started, but we haven't progressed. Salvation is a progression. It's not just a single moment. It's a progression of I've got salvation birthed on the inside of me, and now I want that to flow out of me. I want it to develop so it's not just kept in here. I remember, um, anyone know the band Skillet? from like 15 years ago about he's the best kept secret. I don't know what the actual name of the song is, but classic song. It says he's the best kept secret. Your salvation is not, oh, I'm making it to heaven. Totally good. Who cares about the rest? That's sad. That's sad. And it's selfish. Your salvation is not just for you. It's that you can pass it on to others. And the way we live our lives helps pass it on to others. Amen? Okay. Um, this person must not criticize or pass judgment on the one who eats everything, for God has accepted him. Verse 7, none of us lives for himself, for his own benefit, but for the Lord. And none of us dies for himself, but for the Lord. Um, let's see if I want to read this scripture. Okay. 
Okay, we're going to skip over that. Verse 13, let us not criticize one another anymore, but rather, deter- but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block or a source of temptation in another believer's way. Are you ready? Here's how you work this out. Are we allowed to drink alcohol? Possibly. Depends on your belief system. No, not in here. Yes. No, you're still right. You're still right. No, not in here. But I mean Christianity as a whole. Are we allowed to drink alcohol? According to Paul, it says we're willing to eat and drink anything we want. But the Bible says don't get drunk. So that is, that is the line for sure. But when it comes to what can we eat, what can we drink, we can say, okay, well, I'm not going to drink, but okay, I'll only drink around people that I know haven't had a past problem with alcohol. It hasn't potentially destroyed their lives or almost taken their life. But what about the people that you don't know? What about the people who just straight up aren't honest, who aren't willing, don't feel safe enough, maybe aren't brave enough to admit, I have had a problem with alcohol before, done a lot of things wrong with alcohol before, got drunk, broke the law, impregnated this person because I was drunk and wasn't in my right mind. What if they're just not willing to be honest with you about it? You say, oh, well, I didn't know. You did know because no matter what, you don't know what someone's been through. You don't know who's watching you. Someone who saw you at a service up on stage and you never saw their face, but they saw yours. And now they see you at a restaurant drinking alcohol, and they've had a major problem with it. And they're like, oh, they're on stage ministering, and they're drinking, oh, I can do it. And then what happens? It causes them to stumble. Guess who's responsible? It's the truth. It's the truth. Paul has said that in his life, he's made the decision to make himself responsible to helping other people. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. This isn't just an alcohol issue. This is everything, okay? Everything we choose to do. Okay, let's keep going. I know and I am convinced as one in the Lord that nothing is unclean, ritually defiled or unholy in itself, but nonetheless, it is unclean to anyone who thinks it is unclean. If your brother is being hurt or offended because of the food that you insist on eating, you are no longer walking in love toward him. Do you know that the majority of Christians that I know believe that drinking alcohol is wrong. According to the scriptures, what Paul is saying is, if that believer thinks it's wrong and he, and he ends up doing it, it is wrong to him because it betrays his own belief system. The majority of people you will work with, they believe alcohol is wrong. It doesn't matter what you want to do or what is possibly right or possibly wrong. It's the fact of the majority of the church in the circle believes a certain way, which means what? We're going to take the low road, which is also the higher road, and say, I'm just not going to do it. Whether that's alcohol, whether that's a state who's legalized marijuana, whether that's, because everybody was like, oh, well, it's just wrong because it's illegal because the Bible doesn't talk about drugs. or So mo- some people just think, oh, weed's just wrong because it's a law. Mm, no. It does something to your mind, man. It totally disorientates you. Okay, let's keep going. You are no longer walking in love toward him. Do not let what you eat destroy or spiritually harm one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is a good thing for you, because of your freedom to choose, be spoken of as evil by someone else. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the one who serves Christ in this way, recognizing that food choice is secondary. Recognizing that food choice is secondary, is acceptable to God and approved by men. Verse 19, listen up here. So then, 
Let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Come on, somebody. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it a totally different wavelength? Totally different page of, man, I've only been living according to what I think is right and okay for me to do. Hello? Totally wrong page. Paul is saying, I've got all this knowledge. I've got, I know what's right. He, he was a well-studied man, and yet he said, I won't do it. Okay, let's keep reading. So then let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, things which lead to spiritual growth. Do not, for the sake of food, tear down the work of God. We understand that. Do not, for the sake of food or what you might eat or what you might drink or what you might do, be at the expense of building the kingdom of God. Hey, if it's going to tear down, the, if it's going to cause division, if it's going to cause offense, I don't want to be a part of it. It's that simple. So then let us pursue with, oh sorry, do not for the sake of food tear the, down the work of God. All things indeed are ceremonial, ceremonial, <laughs> da, 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 ceremonially clean, but they are wrong for the person who eats and offends another, another's conscience in the process. It is good to do the right thing, and okay, here it is. Here's the whole summary of it right here. What are we pursuing this year? What is good? Right? We're pursuing what is good. It is good to do the right thing and to not eat meat or drink wine or do anything that offends your brother and weakens him spiritually. The faith which you have that gives your freedom of choice, have as your own conviction before God, just keep it between you, sorry, just keep it between yourself and God seeking his will. Happy is he who has no reason to condemn himself for what he approves. This is huge. He summarizes all of this teaching that we've been talking about here with, if it's going to potentially bother somebody else, which there is that potential wherever you go. He just said, it's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. It's a, it's a huge deal. You think, what if I'm home by myself and no one's ever going to see it and no one's ever going to know what I'm doing behind the scenes? Let me just ask you a question. Is it driven by you or is it driven by your love for others? That should define our decision-making process. Some people say, okay, well, what if I drink alcohol in my, in my own home? No one's watching. No one ever finds out about it. What happens on the day where someone asks you, do you drink alcohol? You have a choice right there. You either have the choice to say what's true, say, yes, I do, but I only do it in private, or you have to lie and say no, and you could get away with that lie because no one will ever see you. But it's not about what other people see alone. It's about what God is seeing you do behind the scenes. And again, our goal, let me summarize this up. I should have opened up with this. But the core of Christianity is maintained by three things. Number one, returnees, what's number one? Put you to the test. Core of Christianity, we're driven by three things. To please God, what's number two? To serve others, number three, what is it? This is the tricky one because it's long. It's, the living, it's for living out the full humanity that God wants us to live in. I really have to perfect that third one, but it's to live out the full humanity that God designed us for. This is what we should be driven by when it comes to the profitable versus the permissible. I just want to tell you this. This doesn't make us better 
than anybody else. We're just trying to be the best that we can be. And the best that we can be is driven by serving other people, doing what's best for them, and living a life that is above reproach. Which means nothing can be said of us that would cause us to have blame or shame or count us as a counterfeit after we've said we're a believer. Some people think, oh, okay, well, if you teach the word or if you preach the word, in reality, we all should be doing that in one way or the other. I understand we're not all called to the fivefold ministry, but no matter what, our lives are dedicated to ministry. Even if it's not in a typical ministerial form, that's what we are. If we say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a minister, that means you're not ever going to share your faith, which is kind of anti-Christian. So at one point, that, that's what it's going to be like. So again, we're just trying to be, okay, so there's reasons for this. It's to be the best we can be it's so that we can help others. But it's also for the fact of what we do, we want it to be pleasing to God. Everything we do, we want it to be pleasing to God. We want to pursue that which is good. Amen? Okay. Um, I think that's good for today. I will continue on next week. Um, but I hope you guys learned something. I hope it helps you. I think it helps put things into perspective. I think it helps give clarity to the things that maybe we're unsure of. The things we're like, well, is this okay? Well, it's in the privacy of my own home, but then what happens when you're confronted about a certain subject, then you have a problem. As long as we're driven by, and we'll read this too in John, the book of John, Jesus says that he never did anything to please himself. Isn't that crazy? Yet the majority of us, we're living lives, I mean, really, to please ourselves. And let me just say this too. This is a huge concept that Go believes in. Working for a ministry is not the same as seeking the kingdom of God. Sometimes we think, oh, ministry is the kingdom of God. No, it, it's really not. If you're working nine to five for a ministry, but you're just working in accounting the whole time, there's not, you know, a lot of ministering going on there or focusing on the kingdom of God there. You're just working for the business side of a ministry. But I'm telling you, Ministry doesn't equate seeking the kingdom of God. Don't let your doing replace your, your seeking. Don't let your serving replace your seeking. Seeking is a heart thing, and then your serving is an outward thing. So inside, that's what we're wanting to develop. Amen? Think of, okay, am, is this driven by me and what I want to do? Now, if it's something that you want to do that doesn't harm you or harm others, it's fine. If you want to go watch, I mean, gosh, I don't even know right now. Chicken Little. I don't know that movie, but sure, we'll use it. It's not going to harm you if it's not going to harm others. It's not a big deal. But we're talking about the things that are harmful, staying away from those things. Thanks for tuning in to the Go Ministries International Podcast. For more information, go to goministries.net and follow us on social media to get more content like this straight to your phone. Remember, no matter what you've done or where you're at in life, you're lovable, valuable, capable, and redeemable.